the Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome once again to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is episode number 97. Today is Sunday, October 2nd, 2011. It is a pleasure to have you joining me once again here on Purple Mafia, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I am your host, Joey Awajan, or Paladino Joey, as Dylan Richardson was so kind enough to introduce me at the beginning of this introduction, of this production. (laughs) Well... Speaking of this being a production, for the first time in, well, 97 episodes, this is episode 97, as I've already mentioned, we are finally having guests on Purple Mafia. So a little bit different format today here on the show. Generally, it is me coming on here reviewing the football game. Well, yeah, that's been going on for quite a while now, since, since uh, sucks, August 2008, as a matter of fact. Purple Mafia, you have me by myself reviewing the game. You got the call-ins, which are always nice, but... They're not all the time, and of course it's not. It's only for a couple of minutes, usually when somebody calls in every two or three minutes, and I appreciate those of you out there that do call in. Oh, so very much. You guys are an absolute treasure. Um, but that's the deal. But uh, today, Farzine Vasugian, host of the Chief Zone, which is also available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes, appreciate you oh so very much. Always an awesome, uh, an awesome host of the show. He's the man that brought me here to thesportstuff.com. He found me on, on YouTube. I talked about that with him a little bit. Spencer Ellerbrich, also an outstanding uh, <laughs> outstanding Viking fan, has really just an ability to come up with some really good takes. I mean, he, he's a very good football mind as well, you could say. I think, uh, I honestly do believe Spencer Ellerbrich could host a podcast. He's not hosting one right now. Uh, he's a big baseball guy, big football guy, big, you know, he, he loves them all, basically. His knowledge is great, especially in baseball and hockey, but hey, football as well. The guy, absolutely, when you listen to his takes <laughs> about the National Football League, you'd be like, hey, this guy, this guy's the real deal. He's a fantastic, more than worthwhile guest here at Pro Mafia, and I appreciate him also very much. Uh, yeah, the Vikings, well, yeah, the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, that team, they're, they're 0-4. Uh-huh, the Vikings are 0-4. Oh, come on! <laughs> Donovan McNabb looks like a pile of crap. Well, okay, no, he actually had a halfway decent game today. Um, Leslie Frazier, it is not looking good for this man. No, it isn't. Um, fans and now media members calling for Donovan's head. It's time to put in Christian Ponder, and I agree with them for multiple reasons. I talk about that on the show today in the roundtable, Farzine and Spencer, of course, but also just say right now as well, the guy, uh, there's multiple reasons for McNabb to sit down. A, he's just not very good, and B, it's time to get Christian Potter going. Well, and C, well, we're 0-4, and we're probably out of the playoffs. 
the only team to make the postseason since 1992 and with an 0-4 record is uh, San Diego Chargers. So good job to the Chargers there. But I don't think the Vikings will be doing that anytime soon. That's just my opinion. Those of you that are ultra-optimistic about that, well, good luck to you. No offense, but I don't see it happening. I just don't. That's just how it rolls, ladies and gentlemen. So, really, with no further... Uh, excuse me, first, before I even get to that. Uh, we will get to the roundtable, of course, next. And then after that, I will we'll conclude the show with your Facebook opinions and Twitter opinions as well. I'm not going to leave you guys out just because I have a roundtable group. Um... But I'm, I'm obviously going to give those guys the floor. And then we'll get to the Facebook stuff after the roundtable talker. So with that, we will get to the roundtable right after this. We are back here on episode number 97 of Purple Mafia. Great to have you on board once again today. It's a reminder for iPod users that this is indeed episode number 97. iPod users, MP3 players, all of the above. And as mentioned, I finally do have guests. 97 episodes in, I finally have two guests here on Purple Mafia. I am very, right. very proud. Yes, sir. Very, very proud to welcome Farzine Vasugian, host of the Chief Zone. Welcome on board, Farzine. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on board. And uh, it's he's the guy that brought me to the sportsstuff.com, found me off of YouTube on the Paladino Live idea when I used to do uh, video podcasts on YouTube. It's a pleasure to have you on board once and for all, Farzine. Yeah, I appreciate it, Joe. You've you've been on my show a couple of times. You know, it's funny. The last time, you know, you, and I, I used to do this, and I don't do this anymore, and I, I don't think you do either. Um, last time... You know, we did video podcasts uh, for YouTube. They actually had stars. You could actually rate things. I'm starting to feel a little bit old now. <laughs> yeah, instead of you, you can click thumbs up and thumbs down, and you can actually click thumbs up for comments. So it seems like every comment I see on YouTube now is just people saying thumbs up if uh, so and so. So that's what that's that's the world of YouTube now. It's basically agree, disagree, hate each other, and of course the trolls are always a billion of them and. One it's, other thing that I missed, I mean, sorry to digress real quick, <laughs> the, link, <laughs> the links have disappeared. Like when they used to put, they used to say all the links connected to your video. Yeah. I missed that. Made me feel important. <laughs> it, it, it's like Facebook. They're, 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 they're going down the drain. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's getting kind of weird. So speaking of Facebook and uh, <laughs> all of us together, we're all members of Facebook, of course. Spencer Ellibrush, a absolute pleasure to have him on board as well. He is a big Viking fan. A, Big Timberwolves fan as well. I've been talking to him for quite a while. Always in touch about the Timberwolves especially. Welcome on board, Spencer. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. All right. Absolutely. Great to have you on board always. So, we had a football game today, huh? Yes. Yes, well, we did. Between two, the winless bowl. That's what it was, the winless bowl. <laughs> it was the winless bowl, folks. It was uh, the bad bowl, the winless bowl, and... Kansas City Chiefs pull it out 22 to 17 much to I guess everybody's chagrin I mean nobody likes to lose and I don't think anybody wanted to win this one did they 
No. No, I, I I don't know what it is. I was watching Andrew Luck. I mean, look, everyone is into this suck for luck campaign. Uh, the, the the Chiefs are, you know, one of the teams kind of out of the sweepstakes now. The Miami Dolphins lost. Um, I know the Colts play tomorrow. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other winless team off the top of my head. The Vikings, one of them. Um, oh gosh, I can't come up with the. Well, what is there actually only four of them now, or three of them? Yes, yes. So it's Miami, Minnesota, possibly Indianapolis. Um, there's an uh, St. Louis. Thank you. That's the other team I was missing. So you know those four teams are in there. I you know St. Louis is not going to take a quarterback. Everyone knows that. But yeah, I was watching Andrew Luck on Saturday night against UCLA, and this guy is just a monster. People want this guy for a reason. There's a reason why he's praised as the best quarterback since Peyton Manning, and that's what a lot of people are saying. This guy was getting tackled. He was about to get sacked. But because of his size and stature, this guy started to move forward while defenders were around him. And instead of, you know, getting sacked for a one-yard loss, he actually gained about three yards with defenders, you know. I mean, he was moving forward, and he got the forward progress, uh, kind of dragged the defenders with him. I mean, this guy is the real deal. I can't blame anyone wanting this guy. I mean, heck, forget about Christian Ponder being drafted in the first round. Go get this guy. Get this guy. I mean, he is the real deal. People... Wanted to lose for a reason, and heck, I mean, as a Chiefs fan, watching football for nearly 10 years, I have never wanted to lose a football game so badly in my life before. This was it, the suck for luck sweepstakes, and now we see why. The more and more we see Mr. Luck, we see the suck for luck sweepstakes. It's getting to be more of a lottery for us football fans out there. It has been amazing, hasn't it? One last quick thing. I I don't mean to interrupt. He even made, on a trick play, they actually threw a pass to Andrew Andrew Luck. So, I mean, this guy can even play receiver. This guy once uh, threw a a, a completion to his receiver. The receiver fumbled. Maybe Luck intercepted the pass. I don't remember. But Luck (laughs) had a nasty tackle. I mean, this guy, he can play every position. So, just draft the guy as, like, you're all around player which is what basketball players do it'd be nice to have we'd see the next lebron no okay uh, <laughs> well the first question of, officially is for farzine uh well farzine did pick the vikings of course spencer did as well on last on the show on uh excuse me on the chief zone last week when this round table was assembled unfortunately we're missing dylan richardson on the show because he is out of town but uh a nice shout out to dylan we gotta have you on purple mafia as well maybe the same round table Again, that would be terrific. So, yes, Farzine did pick the Vikings. He called me and Dylan morons on the Chiefs zone. He wanted uh, me to return and call him a certain word that I can't repeat on air for <laughs> being for being wrong, believe it or not. Uh, so how does it feel to be one game behind in the suck for luck sweepstakes? Must be a little frustrating, huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean we're, we're behind in the Andrew Luck sweepstakes now. Um, it's, uh, it, it sucks, I guess. Um, you see, here's my fear now. Castle obviously won this game for Kansas City. Uh, yeah, had a, had a pretty good day. One touchdown, no interceptions, and uh, also had 260 yards passing. That's a season high for him. Yep. Uh, and my concern is Castle is going to win a couple more games for the Chiefs, but it's not going to be quality wins. I mean, this is not a quality win. Let's just understand that. Chiefs fans are excited. Yes, it's a nice win, but... It's not a quality win. I mean, uh, with all due respect, the Vikings, yeah, they, they, they shouldn't they shouldn't have been 0-3 coming into this week, but your record is what you are for four quarters, or in some cases five quarters, like the Vikings were in overtime the week before. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just the way it is. Um, my, my fear now is Castle wins a couple games, the Chiefs decide to keep him, and they're not going to be able to get a franchise quarterback through the draft, and we're going to have Castle for the next couple of years. Um 
I'm, I'm just not sold on this guy just because he had one fantastic season with New England. That's the unfortunate truth. It's, uh, that's pretty much where things are with Matt Castle. I can't really see him. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I feel your frustration there. I mean, we were stuck with Tavares Jackson here in Minnesota for an awfully, awfully long time. But speaking of being frustrated with a current quarterback wearing purple, Spencer, I got the next question is for you. Uh, despite McNabb having his best game of the year statistically, is it time for Ponder next week in Arizona? Um, Joey, I believe so. Um, if for the for a person that didn't watch the game, um, if you just looked at a box score, it looked like McNabb, you know, had a pretty good game. He threw for two hundred yards. He had um, threw over fifty percent and. He only threw one t- interception, threw two touchdowns. But the thing is, is that the one interception that he did throw was very was very costly. It was on a screen pass to Toby Gerhardt. And when your running back's only four feet away from you, you shouldn't miss a pass high, which is actually very ironic because Donovan McNabb is lately this year has been known to miss low. But this time he missed high and threw a pretty costly pick, in my opinion. At a very bad, sweet tackle, but costly pick. Yeah, <laughs> that's been the story with McNabb all season. It's been inconsistent. Uh, excuse me, inaccuracy. I should say, he's been consistently. Yeah, he's been consistently. I guess you could say a softy when it comes to trying to make the big play outside of a player uh, we'll get to later on with uh, Michael Jenkins. But overall, I mean, the frustration level. With McNabb, inaccuracy, unwillingness to make the big, uh, to try to make the big play. I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's time for ponder. Uh, a lot of the media in this town is, is saying that. Last week they're like, "Oh, you can't do that yet. You can't do that yet." Now it's like, "Yeah, it's time. It's absolutely time." <laughs> yeah. And the, another thing that frustrates me is that I was reading an article about the Vikings asking McNabb to work on his mechanics this week, and he refused. He refused, which, in my opinion. Um, if you're making <laughs> millions of dollars and you're this quarterback that so ha- has a case to make the Hall of Fame, but its legacy is getting blown off the last couple of years, you know, I mean, in my opinion, I'd be doing whatever the coaches ask of me. And in my opinion, it makes me seem kind of uncoachable at this point in his career. And I kind of, so that's why I kind of wish Ponder could be handsome because, you know, see what he has. I mean, I mean, I'd still take luck over Ponder, but, you know, maybe raise his trade value a little bit and trade him for a need or something and, you know, suck for luck. At very minimum, yeah, at very minimum, get, get uh, use him as a, uh, excuse me, an asset, a uh, trading asset if it came to that. If, say, we're going to rival the D- D- Detroit Lions of 2008 and try to go for the 0 for 16 range. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's... The uncoachable thing, that is unbelievable, and that does kind of, really, that opens the can of worms with what happened in Washington with Mike Shanahan. It, it really does what it's like. He's not willing to watch video, all that stuff. They were talking about that in uh, Washington last season, so it's looking more and more that McNabb really is entitled, and unfortunately for him, he's not really showing any reason to have any entitlement, so. That's about where things are standing there. Uh, Christian Ponder, to me, seems like an absolutely coachable kid. Uh, his stock rose steadily during the preseason. It wasn't this jump up because any time a quarterback's stock jumps up, it comes down just like any stock in the market because if it jumps too early, then you generally come back down as well just because. That's just how how 
everything works is everything's all relative. But Ponder's slow rise is that of somebody with a pretty good future, in my humble opinion. So now we're going to go back to Farzine. He kind of already answered the question <laughs> regarding Matt Castle. So basically kind of following up. So you do see him uh, remaining the starter if you're unable to uh, win the, the suck for luck sweepstakes? Yeah, I, I don't even I don't I don't even know where to go with this. I mean, last year he had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Now today he didn't have any interceptions. This is the first time since December the 26th uh, he did not throw an interception. But he at last year the Chiefs had such an easy schedule, and that's why I I I knew they were going to win the the division. But I was not going to expect Castle to even have that type of a season last year. And I'm looking now against more challenging defenses like the Lions and the Bills. I mean, Castle just cannot get it together. And, and last week, to me, I mean, he was. I mean, he won the game today. I mean, don't even get into that. Uh, he got really lucky on that touchdown play to Dwayne Bow. I mean, if, if Minnesota doesn't have busted coverage on Bow, uh, that is not a touchdown for the for the Chiefs. <laughs> and by all means, the Vikings could could have won this game. So. Last week was really the last straw for me when he threw an interception on his screen pass when you don't even uh, check to see if your uh, intended receiver, McCluster, is even looking at you and you throw it straight to the d- defender who uh, who's getting blocked right to his bread basket. Uh, I'm, I'm still in uh, ties with Matt Castle. I really don't know what to expect of him. The coaching staff loves him. The, the general manager, Scott Pioli from New England, loves him. Uh, I, I'm guessing he, he's going to be a chief Yeah, that's the unfortunate part to think of him actually being stuck as a chief for the time being, no matter what, huh? Yeah, that is uh, that's kind of like Tavares Jackson. It's kind of like Tavares Jackson basically <laughs> being stuck here in Minnesota because Brad Childress was so sold on him, and uh, it just made you want to just it just made you want to burn your jerseys. It just <laughs> you <laughs> your jerseys for your team. Okay, maybe not that far, but it gave you a thought process in that direction. So. We're going to slide back to Spencer. Yeah, good good thoughts, Farzine. Uh, so six straight games with a sack for Jared Allen, a guy who's been awfully inconsistent, more of a uh, more of a streaky guy in his career, as I say a million times on my show, which is this one, of course. <laughs> and um, gosh, like, so what do you make of that, Spencer? Well, even if we don't win any games this year, and I mean we probably will. I could see us winning about four games. Maybe, if we're lucky, there will be two positives out of it. We will have Andrew Luck, hopefully. And then also, certain guys like Jared Allen will have very positive seasons. Not a lot of things have really gone right for us this year, but one thing that has gone right is Jared Allen. And he is just a, mo- he's just a monster right now. And I could really see him having like a 15 sack season and that excites me because he's like he's one of those players that was not like he wasn't drafted because he was like really really talented he was actually drafted as a uh long snapper but the guy just has a motor that doesn't quit and that's kind of just how every player should play because he doesn't have he probably doesn't have the most natural talent but he doesn't he doesn't quit, and he's just always so intense all the time, and the hustle is what makes him great. He, he has, I mean, yeah, I could see that as well. I could see him getting ridiculous numbers, um, 15 to God knows what, uh, 
Farzina, quick throw-in question. So, Jared Allen, guys, remember, obviously a former Kansas City Chief. Yeah. Uh, so, how, what did it feel uh, seeing him as a Minnesota Viking in Arrowhead today? You, you know, in, in, in 2007, he had the two games suspension because of his uh, second DUI and, you know, missing the first two games in the 2007 season. The Chiefs went uh, 0-2. And then in the third game of the season, the Chiefs are getting ready to play the Vikings, eventually his future team, and he gets two sacks when he comes back. I mean, that just shows you how valuable he was. Eventually, the Chiefs went on to win that game. Um, real quickly, uh, Jared Allen is second in the NFL in sacks. Um, this is really off topic, but number one in the NFL in sacks is Jason Babin. Both of those players, Babin and Allen, played for the Chiefs at one point. So, uh, just shows you, you know, how, uh, the, the good players leaving Kansas City. But I, I, there was a play today. I mean, Jared Allen did get a sack, but that was by far not his best play today. There was a play Matt Castle had, um, and, and Jared Allen just knew where uh, Matt Castle was going to throw the football. Jared Allen, Allen actually jumped in the air and forced Castle to keep the ball and, and instead of making it an actual pass, make it a pump fake because Allen just completely blocked any chances of that pass being completed. So eventually Castle had to get rid of the ball or do something else with it. It's like Jared Allen has eyes on the back of his head. This is one of the fastest defensive linemen in the NFL. I mean, this, this guy's got a big belly too. Um, I mean, he is just an incredible defensive lineman. And Spencer mentioned this guy was drafted by Kansas City as a long snapper. Being a defensive end was the last thing on many people's mind for him, uh, for him to be one of the best in the NFL. I mean, he really, he could be, in my mind, one of the best sackers in the NFL by the time his career is over with. He had 43 sacks with the Chiefs in his four seasons here in Kansas City. Uh, Jared Allen is a real deal, and he's benefited greatly from Minnesota. Uh, I believe in his, in his first season with the Vikings, um, he uh, he helped the Vikings win the division. And then in the second season when Favre arrived, uh, they went to the NFC title game. And, of course, Favre played a big role in that. But I think Allen, you know, being the defensive guy, helping the Vikings finally be a three-dimensional defense, improving against the pass. And seeing him in Kansas City was great. I mean, we have nothing but respect for Allen. It's it's not his fault he ended up coming to Minnesota. It's just that the uh, previous regime wasn't smart. They really were not smart at all. I mean, obviously you can see which team has benefited the most from this trade. Um, you know, Jamal Charles has been great for the Chiefs, but it's the Vikings that made it to a conference title game, not the Chiefs. Uh, and, and when Jared Allen actually got a sack, there were a lot of Chiefs fans that stood up for him. So uh, people in Kansas City still love Allen regardless. It's, and it's hard not to, really, overall, when you see the energy he brings. It's it's the oh. energy, yep. yep. It's absolutely the energy. And, a, you know, great point by both of you about the, the whole long snapper thing. I mean, that is the strangest, that is the strangest uh, outcome you could Idaho. ever have. From, from Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> yeah, a long snapper from Idaho could end up becoming a Hall of Fame defensive end because John Randall in Minnesota averaged, you know, the 10-plus, you know, which is basically what uh, – uh, Jared Allen has done since becoming a defensive end, average 10 or more sacks a season. John Randall did that over his career, and he is a Hall of Famer. Old 93 for the Vikings. Not the current 93, by the way, even though he's good, Kevin Williams. But he, John Randall's not quite, uh, excuse me, Kevin Williams is not quite in the John Randall department as of yet. So now we'll jump, uh, the question for Farzine, we'll have some for Spencer. Uh, here we go. So you mentioned uh, on, on your show, the Chiefs Zone, so we're including that a little bit in here. <laughs> you mentioned your frustration with Ryan Suckup in your last show, and I could see where that's coming from, but five 
field goals today, including a 54-yarder. Your impressions? Yeah, he went from 40% to 70% in the span of just one game. I mean, suck. I mean, if anything, I have to now be quiet about suck up. This guy had a hell of a game. He had a career long, a 54 yard field goal, and he also had another field goal from 50 yards out right before halftime. Uh, Ryan suck up. I mean, his first field goal was a 40 yard field goal, and I'm already covering my eyes. I'm saying this guy missed a 38 yarder last week. Uh, how can I trust this guy again? And then he goes out there and makes it, giving the Chiefs their first lead of the season. And, I mean, going out there and, yeah, as you said, five field goals. Um, this guy has more field goals than anybody this week in the NFL. Uh, reminds me of the Monday Night Football matchup la- uh, last week when um, the uh, rookie kicker from, from Dallas just went out there and got field goals for the Cowboys to help them uh, uh, make a uh, pick up a victory over the Redskins. Uh yeah, I mean that that it comes down to that sometimes, and uh, without suck up, certainly uh, I don't know if the Chiefs would have won this football game. So you've got to give suck up a lot of credit. I think he, if anything, this guy saved his job this week. And he was his back was against the wall. So a lot of credit to Ryan Suckup. Five for five. That's that's for sure. The Mister Irrelevant was absolutely relevant in today's game. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was awesome. And yeah, there there there's your MVP for the day. It's. But, you know, Matt Castle, Ryan Suckup, guys really stepped up. Dwayne Bowe, that big 50, ah, excuse me, yep. 52. 52, that's what I was about. Yep, thank you. 52-yard reception. Uh, we're going to get to that here in a second. <laughs> but uh, Spencer, now at 0-4, I have to think the hot seat is getting warmer for Frazier. That is, of course, Leslie Frazier. How do you feel at this point? Um... Well, like I said, actually, on the Chiefs zone, I actually feel that uh, Frazier is, in my opinion, not on the hot seat. Um, he is on the hot seat with the fans, however. Um, like, um, I'm not gonna lie. I uh, wish he would get, wish he could be fired today. But it most with the Wills, most likely will not happen. They put, they signed him to a contract. They put their confidence in him, and they're gonna give him. Uh, a fair, like at least a fair chance of one, at least one, at least one season, most likely two seasons before they decide to fire him, if he can't turn it around. So I don't see him getting fired during this season, but I wish he would. Yeah, I mean, and that's a that's a good objective approach in terms of it's like yes, we'd like him to be fired. That's kind of our fan side, but of course, you know the the knowledge of the way the owners operate and uh, they put up with Chili as long as they did, amazingly that uh, he's probably not going to be gone at least minimum until the end of the year, depending on just how pitiful the season is. Uh, <laughs> I'm very frustrated with Leslie Frazier, and I'm sad because how well he started his career with the Vikings as the interim head coach, and then eventually the head coach as the year progressed, winning in Washington, winning in Philadelphia. I guess we need Joe Webb at quarterback. Okay, I didn't say that. <laughs> Don't 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 print that quote, right? I'll, I'll go ahead. The question is, who's off? Uh, who, which offense is worse under which coach? Brad Childress's offense or Leslie Frazier's offense? That's scary to think about. Yeah, the whole Bill Musgrave versus uh, D- Daryl Bevel. Those two guys—they're just very underwhelming uh, offenses by this by this team the last several years. Uh, boy, oh boy, do I miss Scott Linehan! Oh, oh my God, do I miss Scott Linehan? He was. Okay, he wasn't great, but he was certainly better than, uh, than several other offensive coordinators we've had since the Brian Billick era when that was just the best. That was fun. That's an offense. <laughs> so with that, uh, we're going to get to the next, uh, back-to-back questions for Spencer. 
So, yep, yep. Griffin. That is being Cedric Griffin. Yep. Got absolutely obliterated. Uh, <laughs> got absolutely obliterated, excuse me, obliterated by Bo. And then Sanford flat missed him, along with another player who's escaping me right now. What was up with that? <laughs> I guess, I mean, all I could do is, all I could do is laugh when I saw Bo's touchdown play. I mean, there's, I mean, Cedric, Cedric Griffin is, in my opinion, a good, a good cornerback. But, um, I mean, the guy's also coming back from two, I think it's two ACL tears in the last two years. Um, the thing, he, and I mean, he's doing a good job. That's just, that's just how it just makes you laugh because it's how the Vikings season has been this year. Just pretty much a group of, or a, a montage of sports centers, not top 10. It's what it seems like. I mean, you could just put a, you could put a, you, at, by the end of this year, they could probably make one of those uh, blooper DVDs just on Vikings highlights. That's about it. It's been, <laughs> yep, the, the old, the old hot or not type of thing, or the, uh, the not so great plays of the week. You know, you could come up with a million names for uh, one bad play after another. The Vikings would be all over that list especially during the first four games, and I don't even want to imagine how much worse it could get. Oh, my. Because in the NFL, anything can happen. And that's for damn sure. <laughs> so now we're going to... Huh? Yeah? I oh, yeah. Oh, oh, no, that's cool. So now we'll move on to Farzine. Any reason to believe that your team has turned the corner? Nice, fast <laughs> defense down the stretch, and Tamba Holly is flat amazing. Talk about him a little bit. Yeah, uh, Tom Bahali, uh, you know, in my mind, I think he's the best player on the team, was the AFC sack champion last year and uh, was mentored by a guy who, who we talked about earlier, Jared Allen. Uh, Jared Allen and Tom Bahali were really the monsters here in Kansas City and, and I think had a, an underrated uh, group of defensive ends for a moment. And Holly has just evolved as an outside linebacker. I think he has found his home in, uh, in the NFL as to what position he wants to play. Uh, I mean, this guy just does the same thing over and over again. The Chiefs did, are in a 3-4 defense now, obviously. Uh, and and the, the question's been asked, and I've even asked this also, is Tom Bahali playing linebacker or is he playing outside pass rusher? And I think it's more outside pass rusher because this guy really does blitz on every single uh, play. And I'm fine with that because the guy's the best at what he does. I mean, he just goes out there and just gets straight to the quarterback, doesn't even mess around. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, I was just looking at some of these plays here, and I mean, he's done this all week, and he's got four sacks this season now, half of them today. Uh, I mean, that's one of the uh, one of the better players in the NFL that you're going to find as far as pass rushers. And uh, I was asking you this earlier, Joey, the uh, left tackle uh, for the uh, for the Vikings, Charles Johnson. I mean, that was a pretty tough game for him, I, especially against Holly. I mean, he is one of the premier elite uh, rushers in the NFL, pass rushers, that is. So a great game for him. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! And there goes the. Yep, it's the it is the McCann of worms right there. Char, uh, Charlie Johnson, Charles Johnson. Oh my lord! Oh my lord! Charlie Johnson. I'm gonna ask this one more time. I'm gonna throw this at both of you here. Why in the holy hell did he ever start a football game in Indianapolis? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, it, beats, it beats me. <laughs> He, he can't play. Yeah, it, you, know, it, that much great. you know, it's interesting because, and I, I imagine you were going to get to this soon, Joey, but 
uh, that final drive of the game, he, he did a good job of, of handling <laughs> he did a good job of handling uh, Tamba Hali, containing him on that final drive. I mean, every snap, I was watching that play right there, those two guys, and it seemed like Hali was getting beat for the most part by uh, uh, by Johnson. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it was a really rough day for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yes, it was. Uh, other than that, other than that, Spencer, anything else you wanted to add to that? Or um well um charlie charlie johnson he's pretty bad and like you said about him uh ever starting a game in indianapolis um yeah you got you got me on that one i have no idea it just makes it just makes uh peyton manning look (laughs) so much better yes it does doesn't it i mean he he was pretty much unsackable in indianapolis think about it if if Favre was the quarterback this year like he went to he would have made it by now he'd be he'd be dead he would be dead he would be in the ambulance definitely <laughs> and i it's like all all jokes aside it's it's true <laughs> that's the sad part it's true <laughs> oh my lord of mercy so uh farzine when the vikings were going for it on 4th and 10 what was going through your mind at that time you were finally going to win yet temporarily out of the suck for luck uh sweepstakes you, you know, uh, prior to that, the, you guys were talking about that touchdown pass. Minnesota just had awful coverage right there. And as soon as Duemo got that touchdown, I said, man, that is the game. We are out of the suck for luck sweepstakes. And on that fourth down play right there, I'm, th- I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, McNabb is two for two on fourth down. You know, uh, perhaps he might go perfect here. And uh, the Chiefs, they were very thin on um, on uh, defensive backs today, actually. Brandon Flowers was playing with an injured ankle. Uh, Sabi Piscatelli, you guys might remember him from Detroit. This guy actually replaced uh, our backup, who was replacing Eric Berry today. Uh, so John McGraw, the guy who was replacing Berry, he was out for this game. So Sabi Piscatelli to go out there and um, you know it'd be the key guy on that final fourth down play right there to break it up and to help the Chiefs eventually seal the game. Uh, that was a big one right there. So, you know, I mean, that was a, that was a really intense fourth down call and a fourth down play right there. My heart was beating pretty fast, but um, I mean, that was that was a, a really close one right there and a pretty pretty close call right there. Uh, almost had it for a first down. Uh, that was really the uh, decider right there. It sure was. That was the that was the end of the line. It, uh, one other thing you mentioned too about the fourth and. Excuse me. The fourth down conversions. I'll throw. Uh, I'll throw this at both of you again. I'll start with Spencer. Uh, what was going through your mind when? <laughs> so, you know, this is like an add-on question, of course. But what was going through your mind when Donovan McNabb completed completed a fourth down conversion to Bernard Berrien? Well. Honestly, <laughs> it was probably the last thing I expected. One. Donovan McNabb converting on fourth down, and then also having the ball going to Bernard Berrien <laughs> and having him catch the ball. It was like it. I mean, I was honestly Shanko tore it up this game. If anything, I was expecting the ball to go to him or Percy Arvin or Michael Jenkins. But yeah, Bernard Berrien was the last person I expected to get the ball, and that's probably why it worked. That's probably, it's one of those things, it's the odds of, uh, it's the law of opposites, there we go. The law of opposites basically took place there. It's like you get you get so bad, it's actually good, or something, at, at least for one play. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Anything you want to add to that for Zine or that was a, that was a fourth and fourteen play um, in the uh, fourth quarter, I believe. Um, I, I don't know what quarter this was. Um, uh, yeah, it was the fourth quarter. It was the fourth quarter. Sorry, I was trying to look it up and see where it was. It was fourth and fourteen play at the KC thirty-seven yard line, and that that's when they got their second touchdown of the day. So yeah, it was the fourth quarter. I apologize. I was trying to make sure of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of like what Spencer said, I, I was really unexpecting that. Um, I, I thought Tom, uh, the one guy, like I said, on uh, with the uh, Johnson topic, the one guy I was keeping my eye on was Tom Bahali. Uh, that that guy is the guy you want to keep your eye on on fourth down. Pass rushers are dangerous in the NFL, and one thing I noticed about Matt Castle, he tried to run to the right a lot just to avoid Jared Allen. I think his number one concern of this game was to avoid Jared Allen rather than completing a pass. I mean, pass rushers can hurt you and destroy you that badly. And, and you know, Tom Mahaly didn't step up in those fourth down moments, and they gave McNabb enough time to kind of bring some flashes and shadows of his pass and shine in those moments right there. It was just little, basically that's what it is at this point, just little flashes at times. <laughs> basically what it is for, <laughs> for McNabb, little flashes at times. That's the best, the best he can do. Um, and today, it's like it's weird. He did play a little bit better, yet we're still dying to see him uh, basically go bye-bye at this point. Well, we're going to conclude this part of the show, of course, the, the round table part, the main part, I like to call it, uh, with predictions. I'm going to let each of you predict uh, the outcomes for your teams, your respective teams, and I'll conclude with my prediction for the same team as far as... Uh, Spencer, of course, the Vikings, Purple Mafia team. Uh, so, first of all, Farzine, your team heads to Indianapolis, another bad ball. And uh, what's your prediction on the outcome of that football game? Uh, you know, Indianapolis put up a really impressive performance uh, last uh, weekend on Sunday Night Football against Pittsburgh. So, I mean, they've got some some stuff to show. Uh, I mean, and, and so, does, so does Kansas City now. I mean, Kansas City did beat a team that's winless. And I, I think in a way, you know, if you can beat Minnesota, I guess you can beat Indianapolis. I mean, Indianapolis does not have anything without – I mean, Peyton Manning is really the the engine for that team right there. Without him, there's no way this Colts team is going to go forward, and I think you're seeing that this year. Uh, you, you do have to worry about those defensive ends there in, in Indianapolis. I mean, they're pretty they're pretty rough. And on top of that, the uh, Chiefs are one in, I believe, seven – uh, in the last eight meetings against the Colts. I mean, this is a Colts team that's not good. Let me say something. I know this is going to sound crazy, but if Peyton Manning was playing, I would be so confident in picking the Chiefs, and I'll tell you why. In the last two games, Peyton Manning against the Chiefs. Peyton Manning has not thrown a touchdown against the Chiefs. The Chiefs have actually kept them. Last year, Manning threw zero touchdowns, one interception. Uh, the, the, and the last time the Chiefs played the Vikings, or excuse me, the Colts, uh, Manning threw an interception and no touchdowns. Uh, so, uh, there's a lot, uh, to, that, that the Chiefs have been able to do to Manning that not many teams have been able to do. Now I'm nervous because someone else is there. Um, I, I guess, I guess I'm going to have to go with the Colts in this because of the fact they're at home. I don't know if the Chiefs can win back to back, uh, with Matt Castle like that. Uh, I mean, the Colts defense has to, really fall apart, kind of like how the Vikings did on that 52-yard touchdown pass to Dwayne Bowe. And if that happens, I guess I, I, guess, I guess the Chiefs can find a way to pull uh, two in a row and you know, possibly be back in this division. Oh, you had to throw that last part in, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm but, sorry. No, it's I'm okay. Sorry. It's okay. That's part of football, right? But um, those yeah. are some interesting takes, though. Uh, Peyton Manning not throwing a touchdown against Kansas City like that. Uh, that's a 
very interesting thought there and how it was basically like the Chiefs' uh, chances are less with Peyton Manning out. That's kind of funny hearing that, but hey, if uh, if they figured out Peyton Manning, they figured out Peyton Manning, I guess. Uh, but still looking towards the Colts in this one, partially because it's a home game for Indianapolis. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, I mean, again, the Chiefs haven't been so successful there. Uh, the Colts still have something. I mean, they've got those defensive linemen, Dwight Freeney being one of the better defensive ends in the league. Um, then my, you know, my concern is, can Matt Castle, you know, not make stupid mistakes? I mean, I, I thought, I thought on Sunday, for the most part against the Vikings, he was, he, he was flawless. I mean, I mean, there were very few things. I know there was an altercation with Haley for quitting on third down at one point, but other than that, Castle didn't throw an interception straight to a defender on a screenplay. He didn't do any of that. Uh, Castle was really consistent as far as not making mistakes in this game. So, uh, can he do it two in a row? I don't know. That's that's my biggest concern right there, along with the fact that they're on the road. No, yeah, exactly. Two in a row is like with any with either of these teams right now does not sound all too promising. So with that, Spencer, we are f- facing Arizona in this coming week. What are your thoughts? Um, this game kind of scares me. I'm not gonna lie. Um, this game is going to start and it's going to end. With our defense, Kevin Cobb is a serviceable quarterback, but he's also been sacked 12 times in four games, which means that Jared Allen could have a monster game, or like you always say, he could go away and continue with his streaky play, um, and uh, which he has not had this year. He's actually been quite of a beast, but, you know, he could disappear, but, you know, hopefully not, because if we don't get pressure on Cobb, we are screwed. Um, but if it's is one of the premier um, wide receivers in the league, and what Calvin Johnson did to us, um, I have no doubt that Larry Fitzgerald could top it. And also, you got to remember that they have a, a, a former All-Pro tight end named Todd Heap. Also, he's not the best anymore, but I mean, he's still pretty darn good. Um, and I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that we could see Christian Ponder this week. And but even if we do. Play him. I mean, I don't. I still don't see us winning. I see this being a blowout win for Arizona. At this point, I would tend to agree. Uh, Arizona, obviously, not really the greatest team of all time, but the offense, obviously, Kevin Cobb. You have Larry Fitzgerald, of course, and the poor secondary in Minnesota. I mean, those are some great points you you put up in there. Uh, it's not looking good for the Vikings. It just it just isn't home game or not. Home game, road game, whatever it is, I don't see, I don't see a Minnesota Vikings victory against the Arizona Cardinals either at this point in time. I mean, like I said on Farzine's show, and like I said on Purple Mafia episode number ninety-six, why why pick the Vikings to win? It's kind of why why pick them to win? They're they're incapable of finishing a game, and at this point in time, I just I can't lean in the direction of victory for the Vikings. At this point in time, so I apologize to the Pro Mafia faithful for that. I, <laughs> you know, I mean, the Vikings. Here, here's one thing: back when the Chiefs were pretty bad, and, and they had Jared Allen. Jared Allen was the key guy who actually helped the Chiefs compete in a lot of games. So, I mean, honestly, I think if they have Jared Allen, and if he keeps doing what he does best, um, and, and you know, I mean, Arizona's got Kevin Cobb. Kevin Cobb is really, uh, I think, still in the learning process. To be quite honest with you. If he gets to that guy's head and forces him to throw ill-advised passes, 
that could be a game that Minnesota might be able to, to steal and finally get their first victory of the season. So, I mean, in all, in all seriousness, I say the Vikings do win this one. I know, I know you didn't ask me this, but I think with Jared Allen in there, I, I, I think he'll be the key guy for this team. No, you, you just you just want Andrew Luck. That's all it really adds up to. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's part of it, there. huh? I got you. So it's all just just false uh, false positivity. <laughs> no, I I appreciate. But, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was I actually had an idea. I think that uh, since the Chiefs won today, they're gonna you know go on kind of a hot streak and start winning a bunch of games. Um, my guess is my prediction is eight games in a row. Um, what would you think of this trade? Um, we trade Christian Pond. We create trade Christian Ponder, um, Leslie Frazier, and Bill Musgrave to the to the to the Chiefs for Tom Holly. Oh God! Anyone? Anyone? Hell no! Hell no. Oh, anyone? God. Anyone? Okay. The Chiefs. The Chiefs. The Chiefs lost that Jared Allen trade for one year because they were they, they set a record for fewest sacks. So there's no way the Chiefs can let Tom Holly go this time. Yeah, they've let go enough people. I mean, I would love to see. Heck, it could have been Jared Allen and Tom, Tom Holly in Kansas City at this point in time, but in Minnesota, hey, we'll we'll take it here. But yeah, that won't happen, will it? <laughs> it just won't happen. That was a joke. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an idiot. All right. All right. Good. I'll take I'll take Leslie Frazier as like one of the defensive assistants. Yep, he'll have to be the at this point he will have to be the uh nothing. Okay. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> I guess the secondary coach, but do you really want that either at this point? Hmm. Scary thoughts. So Hey, guys, it has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, sorry if this went a little longer than maybe you wanted, but great to have you on board. Great to have you on board, indeed. And uh, always, always, always welcome on board this show. Thanks again, Farzine and Spencer. Uh, awesome. Thanks, Joey. Thanks for having me, Joey. Absolutely. Thanks again. It's always a pleasure, and we'll be right back on Purple Mafia. Episode number 97, which is a reminder for iPod users and, of course, all other MP3 players and all that good stuff. Wasn't that fantastic? I mean, uh, having Farzine and Spencer on, I mean, those guys were fan- were just awesome. I mean, that, that was a blast. Hey, you know, I was able to get them to, to chuckle and stuff a few times. That was a lot of fun. You know, we were all kind of, you know, we were able to entertain each other. But at the same time, that was some really, really, really good football talk. I mean, really knowledgeable guys. Farzine, Spencer, I mean, those guys... When they got behind the mic and they made their takes, I mean, they they sound like educated football guys, and uh, that's why they that's why they were here on the round table for Purple Mafia. And I really, really hope you listeners out there did enjoy that because I sure the heck did. And um, yeah, there's no doubt about that. We're gonna do the best we can to get at least one or both of those guys on this show in the future. And Dylan Richardson, Dylan Richardson, back on this show again at some point, or on the show at some point, hopefully. I, I mean, hey. When he's available, it will be terrific. When he's 
back in town and all that good stuff when he played the Chicago Bears very soon. Dylan Richardson. The, the Dylan Richardson signal, just like the bat signal. That will be awesome. So, with that said, we first of all, well, there is a phone line. There were no call-ins to the show today. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do mention you're calling in for Purple Mafia and be on this show. It'll be terrific. I miss you guys out there also very much. Also very much. So the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show and twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. Like and or follow those two accounts. I would appreciate it very much. Purple Mafia show in both cases as already mentioned. Speaking of mentions, Dan Taylor on both editions to the Twitter. We're going to start with the Twitter and we'll finish up with the uh, the Facebook. So uh, not not all that much to get to because I wasn't really tweeting today. I just kind of tweeted a little bit here and there. Was a little bit distracted today while watching the game. I had to pretty much tweet from my phone, unfortunately. Um, yeah, just a little bit of a different day. Maybe I'll get to you about that sometime if I feel like it. <laughs> Probably not something I really that really belongs on a Viking show, though, so... Whatever. Uh, Dan Taylor's comment is, time for the Vikings comedy hour. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when it's overtime, it is time for some comedy. The Vikings were trailing 9-7 uh, to seven at the half during <laughs> suck-ups. Five, let's count them, five field goals in the game. Oh, my. That was really something. Five suck-up field goals. Yeah, pretty much. Horrible, four drop passes. <laughs> no, four, four all four season losses. Yeah, okay, I won't get into the Christmas song. Farzeen Sugian, Farzeen 21, comments and says, Um, wow, you guys are not leading. Perhaps a second half comeback for you. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it looked like the Vikings had a little more energy this time around, but did they? No. No, they really didn't. We, we need a second-half scoring differential update, the Culture Vulture says. Yeah, because I've been doing that a lot. I'll get to that in three seconds. Just going to read what Farzine says really quick. He says, watching part of the amazing race before I record a roundtable with Pearl Mafia show. So thank you for that, Farzine. That was very cool. Do appreciate what Farzine had to say there. And again, very much appreciate his uh, inclusion with the show. Very much appreciate his participation on air. And again, that includes you, Spencer. Elder Bush out there as well. You are spectacular. So your second half update, the opponents lead 80 to 16. What? This is beyond belief. Like we're talking some uh, some pretty some pretty sexy numbers there guys, huh? It's pretty that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, not really. That's uh that's beyond atrocious and um, that's my only comment. So yes, please go give the tweet a follow. I'll most likely be more active on it next week. I gotta think so. Um, the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I mostly let Spencer talk about it. And yes, Farzine gave his two cents as well on the Minnesota Vikings hosting the Arizona Cardinals next week. I may have said in Arizona. I was just a little confused during this show a little bit. It was my first ever like guests on this particular show. My first ever roundtable. Now, I've had guests on Brave the Wild and on Timberwolves Explosion. Those are my other two podcasts on the sportsstuff.com and iTunes. Obvious what teams they cover. Wild, Timberwolves, well, hello. But um, this is different because it was an actual roundtable. I've never actually hosted a roundtable. I've been one of the guests. It's a little bit easier when you're just kind of sitting around, uh, you know, behind the mic and you kind of 
talk when you're addressed, so to speak, or maybe you kind of jump in a little bit here and there, you know, just to banter about, have some fun with the guys. But when you're the actual host, you're uh, you're the producer as well. Um, you know, there's a lot there's a lot more into it than you guys out there may think. Obviously, for questions, you got to actually have some questions ready. You don't just sit behind the mic and figure, oh, I'll just ask stuff casually. No, you got to have something a little bit ready sometimes, at least a, an outline of a question, and then you can kind of word it however you want on the fly. That tends to work really well for me at times. But, um, you know, hey, that's kind of, it's. let's just say it's a lot tougher. And in this case, you know, not only do you have to have things organized as best as possible, which is not always easily done, but the audio needs to be good, folks. <laughs> there is more to getting good audio with a, uh, let's just say, a Skype recording uh, program. There is a lot more to getting the audio correct than you might than you might think. Um, it's three different lines. Obviously, they all need to sound good. At the same time, you need to avoid echo. And if there is an echo, you need to know how to edit out echo, which luckily I was good enough to do during the course of this <laughs> it's a little bit of work editing out echo folks i'm just throwing that out there there were uh yeah <laughs> it's a really it's really easy to get echo if you know <laughs> if you don't have everything perfect all the time but once you learn how to edit it out it's a little bit of work but yeah it sounds good when you're done <laughs> so anyhow more digressing and i do apologize just throwing that out there because it's the first ever round table for this show but, yeah, the Arizona Cardinals coming to Minnesota. They lose, they lose to the New York Giants today, 31-27. to So uh, we'll get to the preview in a second, just mentioning that. Facebook page, of course, facebook.com for us. That's Pro Mafia Show. Just a few brief comments here. Not as much activity this particular week. Dan Taylor's comment is, because everyone is down about football right now, here's something ridiculous. The Super Bowl shuffle never gets old, and the bear to watch for in the background is number 21 cornerback Leslie Frazier, which is a 1985 Super Bowl shuffle. So thank you, Dan Taylor, for putting that video up there. Do check it out, guys. 85 Bears, Dylan Richardson. Hey, man, check it out. Enjoy it. I'm sure you've seen it already before. Chris Tucker. Yes, Chris Tucker. Great to hear from you. His comment is, hey, my Vikes bros, I have to ask two questions. One, does anyone else miss Favre, even at his worst? I would take him over McNugget. Two, are you also angry? <laughs> a guy like Dalton lighting it up and Ponder, a better prospect. Yeah, who is a better prospect? Not even given a chance yet. We lose tomorrow versus KC. It's draft watch time. Well, I'll just throw in the end part at the first. Uh, yes, it is draft watch time because we did lose to KC. Um, Far versus McNugget. Well, they kind of both stunk and they kind of both made us depressed. Um, McNabb, the expectation's really not as high coming in as uh, far, but, you know, a little bit higher than you'd expect from just some, like, Gus Herat type or some, some I don't even want to come up, some Joey Harrington type, some just throw in, you know, what the heck, you know, he's the quarterback for, for now, for a couple, eventually we'll throw in the rookies. Um, I would expect a little bit more from McNugget, but unfortunately, well, the Kansas City Chiefs had the barbecue sauce ready and uh, ate up McNugget, even though he actually had his best game statistically of the year. In that fourth quarter, they were eating some chicken McNab <laughs> in Kansas City. And I, I'm sorry for the lame puns, but I, I got to do it. And no, it's not a lame pun, Chris. I'm just <laughs> me saying chicken McNab. Yeah, well, that secondary, eight, the secondary and the linebackers, Tom Bahali, oh my Lord, made McNab look 
made McNabb look unqualified for for the starting position at the quarterback spot for the Vikings. He, they really did make him look unqualified. Uh, strong point there. And yeah, I think it's time for Christian Ponder. I'm sorry, Donovan, but I think it's time for Christian Ponder because A, we're probably not going to make the playoffs anyway. B, we need Ponder to play and get better. And C, McNabb, just, well, what's the point? You just The fan base is already sour and, and frustrated and uh, kind of getting a little bit dormant due to Brett Favre basically stabbing us all last year with his horrible season. Um, so the, the last thing we need is to uh, kind of a lesser version of it happening again this year. Tony Coleman says we are the new Lions. <laughs> that is a big comment by Tony there. Dan Taylor liked that one. Boy, I, I like it too. Sebastian Ball's response, not if we play Ponder. He is a he is a true good QB. I, I say to play him in. I mean, I do wish to play him in in person. To see him in person, excuse me, he wants to see him in person. He has a he has an arm. McNabb doesn't belong here. We all know that. Well, I definitely agree with the last part, and um, you know the first part. Hey, you know what? I agree with the first part as well that Ponder. Can play, you know. I think he can play, and again, like I said during the roundtable part and other episodes of Pearl Mafia, his stock consistently, gradually and consistently went up. And I know it's just the preseason, but when you see improvement from a guy who, I mean, that's why the preseason's there is for young guys like Christian Potter to grow and improve. Yes, it is. Other guys to try to duke it out, try to make the team. Other guys to win starting jobs or second string or whatever. Somebody's going to start over this second string guy. Stuff like that. Um, Christian Ponder, well, he beat out Joe Webb. Hey, it's a start. And I think the guy does have um, some serious capability of the quarterback position, especially long term. So, of course, 100% agreement with Sebastian Valls in his comment there. Dan Taylor concludes the Facebook stuff so I could finally get to Arizona, even though there wasn't really that much written down this week. But I appreciate all you guys for writing. Taylor says, horrible, dull, ugly game. Ugly, utterly pathetic on all sides of the ball. It's really hard to care about this team right now. Kind of painful pain, painful message right there, but I uh, totally understand your frustration, Dan. I understand everything you have to say. Oh, I, I hate the last part, though. It's really hard to care about this team right now. I completely, completely, completely understand. I just hope you're not going to run away from the, the show. <laughs> no, I mean, Taylor's so... Loyal, I doubt he would, but I'm just saying. I just hope the team doesn't bore you so much that you disappear on me. Don't let the team, don't let the team kill the show. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, that's kind of that comes with the territory, though, doesn't it? I mean, if the team absolutely repels the fan base, well, the fan base might not be as uh, uh, quick to listen to the Purple Mafia, unfortunately. So I'll get moving here. I'm taking a little bit too much of your listeners' time, aren't I? Again, Giants beat Arizona in in New York, in the NYC. Excuse me, this was actually in Arizona. <laughs> Good job, Cardinals. 31-27. to The 3-1 and one Giants defeat the 1-3 th- the Cardinals. Literally reciprocals of each other. The Giants have won three in a row. The Cardinals have lost three in a row. Cardinals started strong, but the Giants finished strong. 21 points in the uh, fourth quarter by the Giants. 14, actually, in the third by the Cardinals. Kind of a seesaw game. Back and forth, up and down. Two pretty talented quarterbacks, but not elite level. Eli Manning attempted 40 passes in the game, did eclipse the 300 yards mark. 
You can pass on these Arizona Cardinals, and you've always been able to pass on the Arizona Cardinals. New York Giants, a little bit different story. Kevin Cobb running into a little bit of trouble from the Giants. Uh, not a good game for Kevin Cobb. No touchdowns. Did eclipse the 200-yard mark with 237. Uh percentage, excuse me, completion percentage under 60 and was sacked four times and also threw an interception in the in the, in the game. Um, Arizona's run defense, though, looking fairly good, shutting down Ahmad Bradshaw, Ahmad Bradshaw and Brandon Jacobs pretty well in this particular game, keeping their carry, yards per carry under three. So a very solid effort by the, the uh, Arizona front line in this particular game. Larry Fitzgerald, obviously the biggest weapon the Cardinals have to offer, and the Vikings uh, secondary, absolutely uh, defeated by <laughs> by Poe to this. I mean, it's just an unbelievable Wayne <laughs> Dwayne Bow. I can't even believe how screwed up in the head I am right now. But yeah, Dwayne Bow absolutely obliterated Griffin and Samford, and I totally understand uh, Spencer's take that Griffin's hurt and everything. But hey. He still got beat, and that's what matters. I mean, you still have to make the play. Sanford could not make the tackle for crap uh, either, which was even more frustrating than Griffin getting beat. I mean, when you're kind of the safety and you're the help-out guy and you flat can't help out, that's ridiculous. Larry Fitzgerald, I wouldn't be surprised to see him do the same to the Vikings. Kevin Cobb is an above-average quarterback. The Vikings secondary is well below average, so the Arizona Cardinals obviously will come into the game looking to pass, though... <laughs> the funny part is certainly the opposite here again like I'm talking about reciprocals all the time where it's literally the opposite like 3-1, and 1-3 one, one and three. well look at this, Kevin Cobb's bad well like I was talking about Kevin Cobb's weak uh, passing numbers and then you got Beanie Wells running like, like crazy in this game, his long was 39 so he didn't necessarily blow up with like some 70 yarder and still amassed 138 total yards and 3 touchdowns in this game that is amazing. A huge game for Beanie Wells, who had to fill in, who's basically filling in for Tim Hightower, who was lost. And uh, obviously another running back to injury coming into the season. I believe a, a young rookie or second-year guy for Arizona. Beanie Wells looking awfully strong against the New York Giants, against their front line, <laughs> amazingly. Beanie Wells looking great against that team. Akeem Nix went berserk on the Arizona Cardinals with 162 yards, 10 catches, you had Victor Cruz with 98 yards and six catches. Um, yeah, I got to think the the uh, yeah you can definitely pass on these Arizona Cardinals. There is no doubt about it. You're going to see a lot of passing in this game. Um, you're obviously going to give the ball to Adrian Peterson as much as you can, but Peterson uh, he's kind of running into a wall a teeny bit. Unfortunately, that is a frustration for us here in Minnesota. Not really an explosive blow up game for Adrian Peterson. He was close, so he's close to blowing up, but he didn't. Beanie Wells did blow up for the Arizona Cardinals, and the New York Giants running backs did not, so it's kind of like, well, Arizona was able to run in New York, and <laughs> New York was able to pass on on the, uh, the Cardinals. I mean, Eli Manning almost 70%, as I mentioned, 321 yards, two touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 100 and eight and change a huge game for the New York Giants passing game. I, <laughs> yeah, you could definitely pass in the Arizona Cardinals. The problem is who's going to be the quarterback. If you want Christian Ponder 
to... This is the time to do it, guys. If you want Christian Ponder to get the fan base a, a little bit more excited. This, this fan base needs needs a shot on the arm, folks. Christian Ponder, a nice little confidence boost to come into the season to go in and pass against a, a passing defense that gives up a lot of yards, a lot of receptions. This is the time to put Christian Ponder in. It would put a shot in the arm to the offense. It would put a shot in the arm to the fan base. There's your quarterback of the future. Comes out and has a good game against the Arizona Cardinals in Mall of America Field. So, to me, a very simple solution as a quote-unquote businessman and as a head coach. Like, if you wanted to, I mean, as a businessman and as a head coach, I put Christian Ponder into the starting lineup <laughs> next week. And number seven will be, will be, well, <laughs> Trying to make the most of his opportunity. I mean, I would give him an. I would give him that right, right here and right now. This fan base needs it. This fan base needs it absolutely. I mean, we're on life support right now, folks. <laughs> we're done for the way things are going. The way McNabb. I mean, it's, the season's done for if McNabb remains a starter. Uh, Leslie Frazier. Hey, I'm sorry. Yep, we know. Obviously, no, he's not going to be on the hot seat because of the management. Oh, but by the end of the season, do you think for one flip and second that uh, they're going to tolerate a two and fourteen record with a with a coach that's not really getting paid that great anyway? Um, I think they would be more than willing to make the move if they absolutely felt they had to. If we were say two and fourteen, but hey, Jim Schwartz kept his job after two and fourteen, and and look at him now. Detroit Lions might be the best team in the National Football League. What? Yeah, I said it, okay? I'm, I'm sorry, but I said it. They just might be the best team in all of football. <laughs> With that preposterous statement, we are going to call it a night. So uh, ultimately, well, we're not going to call it a night because i got to tell you who's going to win. Well, if McNabb is the quarterback, the Arizona Cardinals defeat the Minnesota Vikings 31-21 in the Metrodome. Minnesota, okay, 24. 31-24, the Vikings do amass an okay amount of points, but not enough to defeat the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals passing game will frustrate the Vikings enough, and Beanie Wells will, yeah, we'll get, we'll get enough yards, and we'll uh, get things moving forward. That's just what's going to happen there. Um, Arizona Cardinals, again, win 24, excuse me, 31-24. to 24, Thank you so very much. The best way, I mean, each team is going to win by passing the football, but of course, Beanie Wells, if he can play anything like he did on this particular day, the Arizona Cardinals got it in the bag. If they, if they can establish the run like the way they did against the Giants, they will have it in the bag against the Minnesota Vikings because our secondary stinks, and, and uh, Kevin Cobb will have a field day. And this is not just some jerk that hates the Vikings coming on the air pretending to be a Purple Mafia host. No, I love this team, and I want to win. But if Donovan McNabb's a starter, it won't happen. If Christian Ponder's the starter, I see a, a shot on the arm. Like I said, Minnesota defeats the Arizona Cardinals, believe it or not, 34-31 to in a shootout. Yep, a shootout. The Minnesota Vikings will find a way to win. Christian Ponder will have the kind of game that will excite the fan base. Now, we're not talking 400, 400 yards and four touchdowns, but we're talking to the tune of 260 and two touchdowns, two or three touchdowns for Christian Ponder if he is the starting quarterback next week. I would not be surprised if that were to happen in his first start because the Arizona Cardinals secondary, as mentioned a 100,000 times, stinks. So there you go. There's a tale of two predictions. 
McNabb starts, we lose. Pounder starts, we find a way to win at home against the Cardinals. Is that good enough for you? Well, unfortunately, it's going to have to be because that's just, well, that's what I'm on here to do. And if you guys want to have different opinions, that's why you call into the show or post on the Facebook page or <laughs> on the Twitter account. Or we would like you to join the, the uh, sportstuff.com message boards. Don't forget to go to the website, thesportstuff.com. There's a button in the center of the page, the upper center of the page that says TSS Boards. Simply click on that and then register. Then you can uh, talk to, talk in the forums with other fans. The forums are split into divisions in the National Football League, so that way you can interact with all the members of the division, or fans of the members of the division, debate, argue, make friends, whatever you want to do, have some fun, talk some football on the sportsstuff.com. We appreciate that oh so much if you were to join. And um, don't forget the phone line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you are calling into, which is, of course, Pro Mafia. And opine, shout out question, whatever. Be great to have you on. Oh, so great indeed. So again, I want to thank Dylan Richardson always for you know hosting Purple Mafia on this uh, on the SportsUp.com. And of course, I gotta thank absolutely, positively gotta thank my awesome guests today, Farzine Vasugin and Spencer Ellibrich. You guys are the best, and you will be back on the air on this show if I have anything to say about it. You guys will return again. Thanks again, everybody, and take care.